Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 16 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, where we, as the title suggests, talk about shoes. I am your host, Mark Blankenship, joined by my esteemed co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Yellow. And today we're going to be taking it back, back, back to that groovy time known as the 1960s. So grab your mood rings and put on your hoop skirt. Nope, not hoop skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do I'm you. Too- I'm too high on free love to remember what I'm wearing. Probably (laughs) nothing at all. Anyway, (laughs) let's go to the fields of Woodstock as Sarah D. Bunting tells you the song we'll be discussing today. Oh, Mark, I really feel like you would have been wearing some very creative body paint that everyone would have enjoyed. (laughs) Um, Yes, today's selection is Circle Sky by the Monkees. The version that we're going to hear is, I think, the original studio version. the Monkees, of course, were known as the Prefab Four. They were band formed for the TV show, of course. The TV show actually has not aged well at all, um, by which I mean it's terrible. The music has held up quite well, and apparently they have a new album out. As it just of, came out in May, late May. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, the music, some of it was absolutely Prefab, but still worked for me. Um, occasionally, uh Mike Nesmith and or Peter Tork would slip the leash and actually be the musicians they were. And Circle Sky is an example of that. The, the version that I had heard for years and years was the live version, which is shown in Head, the Monkees movie, also super bad because no plot or anything. Um, but the song also showed up in some episode i think maybe the one where the monkeys were threatening to strike unless the show would send them to paris um and it was definitely on the like massive box set that i got whenever that was college i'm gonna say uh the guitar break is really amazing it's i don't know like i was always a mike nesmith girl he can leave his hat on especially if he can still play this break which i think he can let's have a listen something i learned apparently that guitar technique is called a bar chord as in a ballet bar um i would have called it an arpeggio which i knew was wrong but i didn't have another term for it um also for you uh monkey files the version on the album just us featured davy jones doing this guitar break um he didn't usually play the guitar uh the late davy jones was mostly the singer um, so that's an interesting bit of trivia. Um, 
Wikipedia said that version is, quote, edgier <laughs> than other versions, which I think just means that there's some grunting, which is fine. But this, like, version, usually you would see it, like, in the episode. It would be some crazy, like, screaming teenager scene at some coliseum. Nesmith would be playing. Panties would be flying at his head. He had these unbelievably amazing guys lost in them who didn't know world war ii was over height sideburns he had that texas accent he was tall he kind of knew the show was bullshit but he like but he was like chill about it he wasn't too obnoxious about it um so yeah this joint is a panty dropper i really wish i could interview mike nesmith and confirm whether this song got him laid more than other songs (laughs) of course he's like 75 he's the whatever heir to liquid paper and i think they're out on tour with this now and i'm sure it's like very mellow and he has grandchildren but mike if you listen to this or hear about it i would like to confirm that circle sky let you get it wet please do yes also this is a family show how you doing mark (laughs) (laughs) how did you get laid but in the most family-friendly terms possible (laughs) i'd also just like to acknowledge that uh michael nesmith wrote this song different drum which was the first chart hit for linda ronstadt and her then band um pony oh shoot what was the ponies no what was it band of horses no uh Oh gosh, it's Linda Ronstadt and Sky Pony or something. Oh my gosh. Well, whatever. The Talk point about is, Circle Sky. We will get back to you. Different Drum is a great song that Michael Nesmith also wrote, and I he did come back to the band with Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork who to make this latest album. And uh, obviously, the Stone Ponies. The Stone Ponies. That's what it was. So it's and he left for a while, but now he's come back, and we love and support him in that. And I have to say, I did not know this song until Sarah recommended it for the show, which I am so delighted that she did because this song really rocks. It's really good, and I didn't um, know it because I guess it wasn't very prominently featured on the TV show, which had a huge resurgence when I was in elementary school on Nickelodeon. Nick at Night, I should say. Yeah, that's right. So, My, I mean, that was its second resurgence. I think the first one was MTV. Oh, I don't know, but when I in like I was in the eighth grade, so that's eighty six. So that was when it was on Nickelodeon. Oh, okay. Maybe so, it was also being aired on MTV at the same time. But, but I mean, same corporate, same parent. corporation. Okay, so it so. probably was on all of those channels. But the point being that in eighty six, so I was, I was like six, seven, eight around this time, and I just remember that. Everybody in my second grade class was obsessed with the monkeys. We all watched the show. We couldn't get enough. So that's why I know songs like I'm Not Your Stepping Stone, Last Train mm-hmm. to Clarksville. Um, these are the songs, Valerie. These are the songs that were always on the TV show. And I loved the monkeys then. And I think it's so great that this prefab band that was created just for a TV show is still making albums because. What a what a random, unexpected little sidebar that, oops, they were also a good band. And it wasn't like The Heights, which had the one hit song, How Do You Talk to an Angel, that they were put together for a TV show. Oh, but I poor just, Jamie Walters. I know. Bless his heart. Oh, Ray Pruitt. Mm, with one T, because that's but, all his uh, mama could afford. <laughs> but I, I just, um, I loved hearing this song because it just was nice to be introduced to a new song by the Monkees, but also to just be reminded that, the monkeys are great, and I feel like maybe 
as with any pop culture survivor, we take them more seriously now than they were taken at the time because they weren't the Beatles, and I'm sure they caught a lot of shit before I was even born about that. But come on, you tell me one person who's not going to be excited to hear Daydream Believer or I'm a Believer, and if you tell me that that person exists, I'll tell you that you're a liar. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Daydream Believer. I think it's, I don't love the vocal. Okay, but you know, you wouldn't it. be mad if that song came on. No. And if I'm a Believer came on, you'd be pumped. Am I right? I'd be pretty pumped. That's right. Um, case case made. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus just stomped off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Good night, um, everyone. It really, I went back to read my review on tomatonation.com of Head, which talk about taking themselves so seriously. Like, you really have to feel for these guys. Like, they were really trying to do something that was real, but just because of the time that they were in, like, first of all, they're only sort of like raison d'etre for this piece of whatever shit they wanted it to be art but its unifying principle was rebellion oh oh so, so deep. that's not a plot hide your parents um, everyone it's too yeah. much second of all like everyone's baked that's often not it often doesn't turn out great um and i just like it it's very it makes me very impatient but like also because it's very familiar like that sense of being like 24 years old and being like i have to say what i have to say right now Mm -hmm. even if it means that i'm like a white i'm in a white turtleneck and white pants running around a room that's been painted completely black while the porpoise song is playing but this is actually one of those movies did you ever go to the void I don't know what that is. It was like this club. It was on Mercer Street. It may still be there. I'm just like too old to go to it. (laughs) They would play. It was like this huge sort of like corner of a converted warehouse. There was no sign. It wasn't like an underground club, but there was no sign. They had like tabletop Pac-Man and a regular bar in there. But they would be playing movies like... um, Lawrence of Arabia was one that they always played on the wall. Like you couldn't... There was no sound. It would just be like wallpaper that was moving and um we had a shorthand for this my friends and i that was like it's a void movie like it's fine to look at but if you try to get it to cohere as a story on film eh -eh. but head actually would be great if they cut out all like dialogue and frankly all of the dolan scenes where he's acting like a sperm on crystal meth i really i can't with that guy um because the songs from Head, like Porpoise Song, like Circle Sky, are really good. And you can see that there's there's something happening in this band's evolution and its idea of itself. But then they team up with fucking Dennis Hopper to make a movie. And it's like, well, okay, someone should have said no. And they didn't. And then you have Sperm Boy capering around like he's the first person who ever tried cocaine, which he may have been. I also did once see Mickey Dolenz in a production of Pippin in Connecticut. I just oh, Jesus. He every great. Every he aspect of that sentence. And also you were in Connecticut. So, <laughs> sorry, Connecticut. Oh, sorry, Connecticut. Um, do you think it's also to do with the, the, the classic trope of an artist who feels like they have to be taken seriously after being perceived as not being serious. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's like what we talked so about. So then it goes way, like, in the other direction. Yeah. Like, the pendulum just swings completely into, like, 
a black crystal vase bombastic <laughs> that breaks lecturing and, in abstractions it's like you don't you don't know what you're talking about and you don't even care yeah what you're talking about you're just glad that someone is listening to what you're talking about it's like when you're a 14 year old boy and you can grow facial hair so you grow it to prove uh-huh. a point but you just yeah. look like an ass literally <laughs> like the back of like ass. you look like the top of someone's legs it's yeah. not good <laughs> exactly. oh man oh because that makes me think about when we were talking during the uh young mc episode about mc hammer trying to get hard and be hammer and do pumps in a bump. And it's just all of those artists who, but then, or like Johnny Depp who couldn't allow himself to be pretty. So he always had to do the weird roles, but then that actually worked out for him. But just saying like the monkeys, it's like they made that crappy movie. They tried to be serious, but then they just kept going and now they're just the monkeys. And it's like, now it seems like they've embraced the fact that they're a fun band that people like. Yeah. And I think that all of that history that now that there's been like the TV movie about them and their frustrations and that there was like the new monkeys in 1990, whatever. And then there was like the grungies on what's it called on the Ben Stiller show. Oh really? It's like people who have never watched an episode of the monkeys or have ever heard the songs will be like, Oh yeah. Like the grungies, like, but I think it's just a nice reminder that... That all that history means that now they have that seriousness and gravitas that I think... And I, would, I wouldn't say that it's not that they'd earned it. It's that, like, no one was going to give it to them. Like, no one was going to give them credit, so they just started taking credit. Right. And acting like they were 10 years further ahead in their development as artists, both in a visual medium and musically. Right. Than they were, but it's like sometimes you just gotta let time do its number. Yeah, just stay patient and keep stay patient and stay the course, and eventually things will just be fine. Yeah, which is actually a nice reminder to I feel like everybody, because I can clearly remember being in my early twenties in graduate school and getting so obsessed and crazy about having to make my mark as a professional, and it's like it all worked out. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, it's fine. give it give it time. Yeah. And yeah, like I definitely had those moments where it's like, well, it's two o'clock now. And if I drink a whole pot of coffee, I can definitely finish the entire novel by four this, by four tomorrow morning. Right. No problem. It's not it's not how it works. Yeah, it's not how it works. And, and this is somewhat tangential, but don't I feel like being part of being an adult is finally just being able to say, you know what? I like the monkeys. I don't have to explain it to you. I don't have to, I don't have to, I just like the monkeys. They're not cool, but they are cool. You know, I don't know. There's just, I keep coming back to this idea of the monkeys are awesome, but at the time they were probably perceived as not being hip, but eventually you can just like things and you don't have to worry about whether or not they hit a certain mark on the cool meter or whatever. Yeah. Well, and definitely I think when they originally came out, they weren't taken seriously. I mean, prefab four. Right. There was definitely that question of authenticity, but at the same time, I felt like they were authentic for what they were. Yeah. Which was that I believe, and hearing you talk about it, coming to it in the mid eighties, being a bit younger than me, I think maybe it was intended as a kid's show. Yeah. I mean, it would have to have been. Otherwise, like, apparently their demographic information about who was watching TV (laughs) in primetime indicated some like pervasive traumatic brain injuries <laughs> in like half the population. And, you know, it was poorly rated and got killed, but 
I definitely don't think that was something that you would admit that you were at home watching, even when there's only three channels. Right. Um, but in the 80s, I think it was definitely more of a, like, maybe a girl thing or a kid's thing. Right. But, like, certainly everybody in my cohort, all the girls, watched all the episodes. Although it is worth... And then they started going on the... Um, and they weren't, you know, they're my parents' age. So at that point, they're in their 40s. And then Nesmith finally broke and was like, fine. Right. Someone has to know how to play a two-neck guitar in this But at bitch. the same time, I guess it is worth remembering that for all of the things that the show was doing to make them not hip or whatever, they're, they sold a ton of albums. And their songs were huge hits. And so. those, those girls were not paid to be screaming and excited right like this was legit and even in the 60s it was like oh my my album's number one for 20 weeks oh i've got five number one singles but yeah it's just it's like there's there's no sense of apology now and i feel like i remember even my dad has said to me before things about like the monkeys were kind of like maybe you like them but you maybe you bought their their 45 but you put it underneath a cooler 45 like a cream 45 oh yeah totally <laughs> Well, with that, though, I say here in 2016, I say rock out. It's You know what? We're recording this on a Sunday. It's a Pleasant Valley Sunday. It sure is. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is a weekly podcast created and hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. If you'd like to request a song for discussion or share the mixtape of your soul, we are all about it. Send us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or visit our brand spanking new Facebook page. That's mastes.podcast, or just search Facebook for Market Sarah Talk About Songs. Today's theme music was written and performed by David Gregory Byrne. And if you'd like to buy an ad, we welcome you. Advertise your business, send a personal message, or just hum a few bars. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com to get started with your advertising journey. Until next week, this is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this... And this was Mark and Sarah... Talk About Songs. Talk About Songs. (laughs) Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about... Songs about songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.